It is Friday, October 23rd. I am your host, Matt Sawaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe, hopefully future manager of the White Sox Zoe. And with me, as always, is my guy, the good Reverend K. Fitz. What's up, Kevin? Um, I actually was, uh, the White Sox reached out to me this week. They were looking for a diaper changer for their new manager. I'm not entirely sure what that meant, but I told them I'd think about it. Might be a hit. And then that third face, this is normally where you would see Aldo, but we have a special guest with us. Um, some of you will remember, and I know a lot of our audience will remember, because I know a lot of you, your age and everything and your baseball fandomness. But if you remember Big League Stew and Yahoo Sports, my man here was the creator very happy to have you on the show, Kevin. Uh, that's Kevin Kaduck, and you can find him at Midway Minute. So, Kevin, yeah. I'm first, what's up, bud? Hey, what's going on? I appreciate that that intro. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, Big League Stew. Is, it's a little bit in the rearview mirror, but it was like a fun time. So I ran it from 2008 to 2013. The thing that sucked was uh, both the Cubs and White Sox did nothing <laughs> past 2008. So, like, actually, like... So I could get out to the ballpark whenever I wanted, right? Right. And there was like no, there was no reason to ever go out because both teams were, you know, the Sox you know, had a couple good teams there, no playoff teams. Cubs were hot garbage. And I think the next time I actually had reason to go out and write a national story for Yahoo Sports was when uh, Alex Rodriguez came back in like 2013 or 2014. So luckily, both teams now are worthy. And I have a newsletter to write about at midwayminute.win, uh, WI, and people can sign up there. And I would encourage them to. Yes, I signed up for the newsletter and it is fantastic. A good mix of Chicago sports humor and just information. I'm a big fan of it already, but Kevin, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, So this week we're going to talk about, there's been, we got the Chris Bouchard sources meme going on about the White Sox managerial um, search as we go on for right now. Um, And then gold glove nominations came out on thursday and i say that like ron burgundy reading a proctor because they were weird like really weird so we're gonna get into that too so with all that being said everybody just take a deep breath and let's tap this cat rebuild of the favorites we here for the latest south side or the north side not tuned to the greatest home team for the home teams both sides got our own rings on the mound on the long ball but we don't put the wrong strings yeah it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy. So as always, this show is brought to you by Points Bet. Go and make sure you download the Points Bet betting app. Use promo code Pinwheels. Get all your free bets. Go and bet. And I will be continuing to post my bets on Twitter so you can fade Zoe and win money because I am terrible at betting. That is just been proven fact. If you've faded me the last two World Series games, you probably could buy a house now. Um, 
I put up a video yesterday too explaining how to actually points bet on the points bet app. It's a really cool way to watch games. It's a different way of betting. Uh, get in there and check it out. And again, fade my picks. Um, so <laughs> listen to Fiddler though. Fiddler's actually been pretty hot. He's been tweeting on picks on Twitter too. And he's actually trying to make people money. Apparently I'm trying to get some free money away. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Be <laughs> a little bit. Um, so I guess let's start Kevin, uh, with the, the White Sox managerial search. Uh, the first news that came out on Wednesday and it trickled into Thursday was that it was confirmed that the White Sox, I'm sorry, I laugh. I can't even say it with a straight face. The White Sox have interviewed this man, <laughs> Tony Larusa, to be their manager. And then there, on Thursday, it came out that said, and other unnamed candidates. So right out the bat, Kevin, I'm going to just ask, Tony, does Tony Larusa do it for you? So, you know, I don't want to be an ageist here, right? When I'm right. 76 years old, I don't want people to write me off. And in eight years, Bill Belichick is going to be eight years old. Eight years old. He's going to be 76 years old. Mm-hmm. And if he came in here, I think Bears fans would be like, hell yeah, we got Bill Belichick. He's running the Bears. This will be awesome. Tony Larusa has the third most wins of any manager ever. The people in front of him are, are ancient, right? Like he is the, the, the greatest modern-day manager probably, right? Mm-hmm. That said, I don't want him anywhere near this team. I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I think that's, you know, that's kind of the general consensus. And, you know, with the White Sox, this process started in 2017. It's been a process. There's been a plan. And at no plan point did we ever think, you know what, three years into this, we're going to pitch, you know, Ricky Renneria overboard. We thought that was, a, you know, there was an awfully good chance that would happen. But at no chance did we think that what was going to happen was that Jerry Ransdorf wanted a little bit more time with Tony La Russa at the end of their <laughs> lives. So I, I, it doesn't really make sense to me. He hasn't managed in, in nine seasons. It's a much different game than 2011, and I'm pretty sure he could figure it out. He has forgotten more about baseball than, than all of us combined. At the same time, you know, it, it just – there's, there's great candidates out there. There's other great options that would seem to me, you know, and, and, so Larissa is going to come back and, and the pandemic is still going to affect baseball next year. He's going to like roll around with the team in the middle of the pandemic and pandemic at 76 years old and deal with all that. Like to me, like I, I, I would not be surprised if Larissa said, look, this is for me. That's how this ends, but, but who knows? Yeah, no, I agree. And it, it is hard to not come across as ages because my first thing when I saw Tony Rulusa, I was like, is he 100 years old? Like, I, I honestly, I had to look it up. Um, but Fiddler over here agrees, and he's brought it up a bunch of times. I think you nailed it right on the head. He's forgotten more about baseball than any of us would know. And I'm so glad you said one, one thing really jumped out at me. How much has the game changed in nine years? A lot, yeah. I mean, we're talking now we watch a baseball game and we're talking about RPMs on fastballs. We're talking about, you know, XBA and there's a million new stats going around. And I'm sure if the White Sox were to hire a Tony La Russa, they would have to hire a stack guy with them. Like it'd have mm-hmm. to be a pack, it would have to be a package deal. There'd have to be an analytics guy. But I guess and I'll Fids, I'll I'll start with you on this one. Do you think this is a smokescreen? Like straight up. 
I don't think it's so much a smokescreen. I think that, you know, you kick all the tires you can kick when you make a decision this big because the White Sox can't fail. You know, they can't they, they can't um, afford to screw this one up. They This is it. This is the window. The window's open. It's it's, yeah. it's going wide open. And if, if they're not going to, you know, if they're not going to do their due diligence, you want them to take a little time on this. I mean, really, to be honest, they have plenty of time. It's not like major league managers sit there and are, you know, hovering over their players immediately after they're hired. I mean, they're going to take their time off regardless. And so everyone's unplugging right now. So you have that flexibility to, to listen. And when you bring in a guy like, say, a Russa, you get to pick their brain for a second. And, you know, even if they don't hire him, making that your first interview allows you to kind of like judge everybody based on a Hall of Famer. And now how does everybody else handle the interview post Hall of Famer? And that's a that's a big you kind of get it like they can piggyback off of him. Maybe yeah. someone will come across a little more impressive or less impressive because, you know, but you can really see like how a professional handles themselves in that kind of situation with a La Russa and in the next crop. And maybe you, if you do go with a La Russa, I mean, you're, you're bringing in a bench coach that's going to be the heir apparent. It's not going to be like a, you know, there's, there's not going to be a plan. They're not bringing in the old man and just saying, hey, we're going to sit here and, and watch it. You've got to have some sort of bench coach that has that upward mobility. But yeah. if, if you don't, you're going to you're going to at least have an opportunity to hear what they have and pick their brain. And, and a lot of interviews are basically that in, in pro sports anyway is to pick the brains of offensive coordinators or pick the brains of bench coaches and give, you know, kind of steal a little bit from everybody's little, you know, their, their mindset. And I think that this isn't the worst thing to happen is to have, you know, you have a guy like him, who's a hall of famer, you know, throw you a little bit of knowledge. Again, he does, he's forgotten about, he may, the guy probably goes to the bathroom in the morning and loses in, and loses more <laughs> baseball IQ than, you know, That's not that. I, don't want, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's him. And that's, and that's, I don't know if it's a smoke screen so much as it's just the beginning parts of due diligence and White Sox fans want their answer now. And if you want a manager now that that would be home would be, he would be, you know, making a massive mistake, just jumping at the, you know, jumping right at the first name, you know, mm-hmm. we throw out some White Sox favorites. Well, guess what? There's some other people out there that might be the best fit for this team that have nothing to do with the Chicago White Sox in any way, shape or form. And that's who Rick Hahn really needs to find. And when you talk to a guy like LaRusso, you might hear a few names. You might have a couple suggestions. Right. And I've said it before. And Kevin, what do you, all right, we're going to, this is getting confusing. Your fids and your duck. Yep. So duck, <laughs> there you go. What do you think about, you know, more of outside the box guys? Like I know there's a lot of different names going around, but who is the guy you're, you're in the driver's seat right now. It's your choice. Who's the guy you're calling in tomorrow to interview yeah. for this managerial job? I, I think I like Alex Cora the best right now at, at, at face value. I, I think um, I think Spanish speaking is, is a important part, and obviously he's got the tactical side of the game. Anyone who comes in contact with Alex Cora is impressed by him, and obviously he was stained by the, the Houston Astros cheating scandal. And you know whether it's him or, or Hinch, that they're going to have to deal and work through that. But um, to me, it's the sort of thing that yeah, it's going to be there. But if you're able to come in and, and establish your own identity with this this squad and you get the second chance in the second city. I think both of those guys can do it, but I, I do like Alex Cora. I think he's dynamic. I think he's, you know, young enough. And um, I think it'd be pretty interesting. The one thing, you know, um, Kev, you, you, you brought up, I, I thought it was great that, that you, I hadn't considered that was interviewing T- Tony LaRusso sets the baseline. Is this guy better or, or worse than him? So I, I do like that. I hadn't considered that. Mm-hmm. The one thing I, I want to ask you, you know, especially Zoe, I want to ask you this: like, do White Sox fans actually have any real affinity for Larusa? I mean, obviously he was nineteen eighty three team; it's beloved, right? Mm-hmm. But he went from there, you know, to to me, like once he went to Oakland, that wiped everything out, and then he was with the Cardinals, 
I'm not saying I hate the guy, but I don't see him as like this like stanchion of of White Soxness that where we need to someone someone said in the comments, oh, they need to heal this old wound. Jerry feels like he needs to heal this old wound. Like Tony LaRusso like is not a White Sox guy to me. Yeah, I've I've so like I've said on the show a lot of times, I'm not young, but I'm not like an old guy either. I'm 36. So like I'm yeah. right, you know, and I wasn't even alive for the 83 team. I'm, I'm well aware of it. I, I'm a big baseball histor- historian. So sure. but for me, for my age, and I can definitely say for people younger than me, there's no like Tony La Russa White Sox guy. You know, I would, I guarantee you, I bring a 20 year old on this show right now. They don't even know that Hawk Harrelson was one, a GM and two fire Tony LaRusa. They have no idea any of that happened. So to answer your question, no, I, I don't, I don't always, I put, when you say Tony LaRusa, the Oakland A's pop into my head. Sure. And they should, Uh, it should, right. Or the Cardinals. (laughs) Or the Cardinals. Yeah. One of the two. Not the Diamondbacks so much. (laughs) Yeah. That, uh. Well, and he's been in it. That's the other thing, you know, people say, oh, he'll adapt to this game. He'll be fine. And I, again, 100%, I'm not questioning the man's knowledge, but he's been an advisor for the Angels for, like, what, six, seven years now? The Angels aren't. Yeah. The Diamondbacks didn't do anything with him. The Angels sure as as hell haven't done anything with with him advising. And and the Angels have my favorite player in the league who – Mike, I know you listen. Mike Trout watches our show, just so you know, Doc. Just, yeah, we're kind of a big deal. He doesn't watch the show. Uh, <laughs> but Mike Trout, if you're watching, you better step your shit up because Mookie Betts is about to take your spot as this show's favorite player. Because Mookie Betts, yeah. we'll get to the World Series because I love Mookie now. But what if, so I've been champion one man for the White Sox managerial mm-hmm. job, so much so that it is now a running joke on Twitter how much I pronounce his name wrong. I guess this proves, too, that I'm not really too concerned about age, but my guy, Mr. Bruce Boucher. <laughs> Boucher. <laughs> uh, but I just, I really just think he'd be the perfect fit. I think he handled that pitching rotation in San Francisco masterfully during those World yeah. Series runs. I think he handled a lot of big egos and weird personalities on that San Francisco team, kind of like what – the manager is going to inherit when they come to the South side. I, mm-hmm. I know he's retired, but I also think guys like him are just lifers. And when the yeah. right opportunity came along, they would jump on it. And I don't think there's a better job in baseball right now than the White Sox managerial positions. What do you think about my guy, big Bruce? Have you ever been around him? No. He is awesome. Like I so said, I love Bruce Bochy like that. Like, <laughs> the big leagues do really coincided with, dynasty for whatever it was um yep. he's like you ever been to country bear jamboree at disney world like he's like, yeah. if one of those those bears came up and got off the stage and started talking to you in magic baseball he's just got this <laughs> big old head this this eight and a quarter size head and i can say that because i've had two but um he's blowing in a big like and, liquor pot going <laughs> exactly, exactly right that's all i can think so, about that show I, I, yeah I, he's I, he's a good strategist he's he's a good, great dugout guy she did read something from sherman new york post saying that Bo she does want to let the pandemic pass because he has no interest in getting out there with uh with all, all this ppe and all that stuff so yeah. your dream might die there so I'm not, I'm, I, I hate to break that to you but um, oh, that was important so, yeah, yeah. 
damn it. Because my whole ideal situation was they bring Bruce on, throw him, what, like a three-year deal, and then kind of what Fids was saying about La Russa, you have that heir apparent as a bench coach. Yeah. And you kind of just, just let the natural transition go. Um, shit. So the other names that are being popped around are everybody wants Sandy Elmar Jr. I don't think he's leaving Cleveland. I think Tito's done or at least taking at least another year off because of health. Um, yeah. Did someone mention Washington? Did you mention? Dude, there's there's like two guys on Twitter that keep piping in with Ron Washington. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. I mean. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you've been, you set that up just because you wanted to use that. I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm good on Ron. I think Ron's very happy being the third base coach in Atlanta. I don't. But that's a, that's a great spot for him, Ron Washington. Like I don't get Sandy Alomar intrigues me. I I think he's a great guy. But to me, if like you're going to get rid of Rick Renteria, which was probably a year earlier than we expected, it's like you've got to hit the home run. Now, obviously, Jerry Reinsdorf thought may, may have thought the home run is Tony Rusa, but to me, that home run is is, is Hinch or Cora. Those guys, you know, those types of guys don't become available. Uh, Rick Hahn actually, you know, specifically mentioned we want someone with World Series championship, recent World Series championship, you know, experience. Those are the only two guys available that fit that. So, yeah, you mentioned like Alomar or Spada. Like, yeah, those guys make sense. But at the, at the same time, it, I don't think it's necessarily why they got rid of Renteria for. And now the last one I want to throw at you before we get into these weird-ass gold glove uh, nominations. There's a, a big fraction of White Sox Twitter that has this, for lack of a better word, fantasy of the Dodgers losing the World Series, firing Brian Roberts, and then the White Sox hiring him. <laughs> would you be good? Would I'm personally not a fan of it, but I'd like to hear your take on that possible scenario. I mean, if he didn't really get this Dodgers team over the hump? Do you think, I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. I, I like him enough. I think he's a good guy. I, I think he's a, a guy you want to, uh, you know, I, I think he'd be a great representative for your, the franchise and, and maybe does get the, the White Sox there. Um, but again, I, you know, I would much rather have Pinscher or, or Cora. Um, and I know, you know, maybe people would rather have Roberts because he doesn't come with, with the stink of the Houston Astros. So I, I do see that, but um, it's not my preference. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I responded to someone today too, just saying, if he can't win a World Series with a top two payroll, <laughs> how do you think it's going to have work when he comes to the South Side, where they're literally? I'm surprised they don't charge for sodas in the locker rooms because <laughs> it, it, it's beginning. I've been watching a lot of Moneyball this week. Uh, <laughs> I do like how you said the stench of the Houston Astros. Like yep, whoever, yep. if someone hires out of that swamp. They're going to be rolling to the yeah. locker room, just smelling like wet, hot cabbage and like dumpster fire. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's that's. But but White Sox fans will take that right now. They went from like hating the Astros to like hell yeah, these are great options. But they right could now. they could easily deflect. Deflect. I don't know if you saw Jeff Luno's um, interview this this week, but he basically it was his first sit down, and he basically was like, "Man, it wasn't me. It was all these other people." Yeah, easier enough for either managerial candidate to do that if uh, you know one called on the carpet here. Yeah, the, the big wrench that a lot of the people that are against Hinch have been throwing out there is not so much that he's cheated, it's that he let it happen. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. people are questioning his backbone and all this. It's getting weird out there. Twitter's a minefield yeah. as it is. It's getting strange. But so appreciate everybody commenting. If you're just tuning in now, this is the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. We have a very special guest on. We have Kevin Kaduck, uh from the Midwest Minute. Make sure you're going Midway Minute. Midway Minute. Midway. Midway. <laughs> I can't, my God. Not even the word Midway. I can't yeah. read. He said I'm ugly and I can't read good. Uh, <laughs> I never learned to read. Midwayminute.win. Thank you. Sorry. Midwayminute.win. Follow him on Twitter at Midway Minute. Uh, it's a great newsletter. But, yeah, make sure we're seeing all your comments. We're going to address them in a minute. I just – oh, I keep saying minute. I just want to make sure that we use the best use to Kevin's time. We'll read them all, though. We'll definitely get to them. But I do want to talk to you about these. This has been bugging me for the last, like, three hours. So – little bit of a backstory here, Kevin. I'm a big Nick Madrigal fan. Yeah. Some would say I am the vice president of the Nick Madrigal fan club in White Sox Twitter. I go to war for Nick Madrigal. I love, I'm a huge fan. I think he's our second baseman of the future, so on and so forth. So then Rawlings Baseball puts out the goddamn Gold Glove nominations for the 2020 season, which is weird enough as it is. And the first one that I get to see, because I get 20 people emailing it, texting it to me, tagging me in it, calling me out on Twitter, is that Danny goddamn Mendick gets a gold glove nomination (laughs) for second base. And during during the season, after Magical hurt his shoulder on that stupid-ass slide, which, by the way, whoever they hire as a manager, they need to hire the best sliding coach in the history of baseball. Um Mendick came in and he hit. He hit well, and he played a decent second base. He played like 20 games at second base, but every time he got a hit, at Southside's O, looks like your boy's spot's gone. Just over and over. Quality tip, yeah. Yes. So for Danny Mendick to be getting a a Gold Glove nomination at second base, he played 20 games at second base. He was good. I never once watched him play and said, like, damn, he's Gold Glove. But the other nominations are – Cesar Hernandez from Cleveland, Jonathan Shoup from Detroit, and Nicky Lopez from – basically, if you played second base in the AL Central, you're up for a gold club. And, and so it was both sides because Nico Horner played like 13 games. It's like That's the other one. Like 14, 15 <laughs> games, and he got nominated. I'm fine with that. You know, I'm a big Nico fan, but – I guess I, I I like the fact that they're doing the MVP and the Cy Young. Like that's fine. Like yeah. especially since Jose Abreu is is in the running and, and you Darvish mm-hmm. can get one maybe on on the north side. Mm-hmm. Um, gold gloves. Like I think we'll be fine skipping it. You know, like, silver slugger probably don't need it. Like I, don't, I actually don't need any of these in like real years. But right, I've never been, like a huge like whatever. Um, yeah, Dan Mendick though for for twenty games. Yeah, I'm sure. Like he's probably right now. I was like, man, that's gonna be an awesome bookend for 20 games of work. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, and you know, we'll see where we're gonna get on eBay for this in in 10 years. <laughs> so I'm gonna buy the <laughs> gift for Zoe on at a white elephant, you know, oh, party give, or whatever. Don't give people ideas. Oh, Doc, you're gonna kill me. My wife's gonna be so pissed because I have so much crap around this house already. You would love that, yeah. I'd actually would. I'd I'd probably laugh my ass off. But you so. Duck, you've been around the league. Like, you know, you talked about meeting Bruce and, like, talking to these yeah. guys. Gold Gloves are really cool accolade, and I know there's – in some people's contracts, there's financial boosters. Right. Um, right, for sure. But have you ever, like – is it really that big of a deal? I guess is my question. I don't know how else to put that. I don't think so. I mean, 
here's the thing, like, okay, let's say the Sox or Cubs go out and like sign a free agent. And like in which paragraph does gold glove appear? Like right. if at all, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe maybe it's at the tail end of the story. If they're hurting for space, they want to lengthen it. But no one's gonna be like, hey, this guy is I mean, unless he's like, you know, maybe yeah. if he's a center fielder, it makes a difference, right? But well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's that it's one of those things where as a sports writer or sports blogger, you, you you feel like, oh, I need to know everything about offensive line and all these linemen or whatever. You right. generally have a good idea who's, you know, but unless you're out there with the actual real metrics, which I don't think many of us are, <laughs> how are you going to pick from, how are you going to pick from, from, from that crop of second base? Could you actually sit there right now and say, I feel confident that this is the person? No, not really. And I mean, when people started firing at me today, my first reaction was cool yonder or whatever his name is wanted last year. Uh, <laughs> I can't even think of his name. The little dude that dumps Gatorade on his head. Gilmer Sanchez. There you go. Thank God. I couldn't think. Wow. <laughs> I blocked him out of my memory. Uh, yeah. Gilmer yeah. Sanchez was a gold glove second baseman last year. That should end all discussion. And <laughs> This is actually a really good point. And, Fids, I'm going to bring you in, too, because I want to hear this. But did you guys see this today? Oh, I, I sent it to you guys. Yeah, oh, that's you right. Said, you got to be kidding me. Doc, did you see that by any chance? What was that? I, 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 got distracted. I just got distracted by the Yadi Molina comment. Yeah, no. That, that yeah. is. Yeah, Yadi oh, okay. Molina went on. He wasn't a nomination for the. Yeah, I saw the Instagram post, which okay. was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> down now. Oh, he took it down? I think so. Someone put, I don't know, I saw a screenshot that said, Yachty, no post, user not found. Did he, did he go private? What a coward. I don't know, but when you say respect to all the finalists in the 2020 National League receptor, <laughs> now I see an injustice to those who decide who or not. I don't know if it's MLB or whoever, but it's clearly that they don't want this Boricua Giborito to draw with the great Johnny Bench. To, to, to draw, I don't know if it's an art contest. I'm not sure, but if it's judged by not supporting the league in anything and not being their puppet, for me at least at 38 years, I'm still the best. Ask every catcher in the MLB, and they'll tell you, "Yadi, shut up." Thank I'm, you. Shut, <laughs> shut, shut, shut your mouth. Everyone's like everyone's response to that was the the gif of the uh, the ball stuck to his chest protector. Yep. But, <laughs> yep. Someone needs to put their get their ball stuck to his chin and keep that mouth shut. <laughs> and then enough. Wilson Contreras, Wilson Contreras just tweeted out the emoji with the sunglasses, basically just like beat it. Dude. Yeah, hey, 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 Yachty. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point? Don't smoke crack. <laughs> so for all of our listeners, sorry, Doc. All those away, and he left me and Kevin the keys to the drop-ins. And the sound effects. So this is what happens when you leave two people with that. That's we're why. Very, all, this is why Aldo handles it. Is and we're very mature though. This is the thing, and I'm sure people that have been listening long enough know that we're very mature. We would never like do toilet bowl. Hey That's okay. Talk probably sitting there right now, like from Shakespeare. Yeah, I can't. I'm on this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll definitely play more with those later. But yeah, yeah. there is a good point in the comment here, and I'm gonna pull it up 
where's my mouse? There it is. So mm -hmm. James McCann and Grandal for Uh oh, no! There it goes. So silent. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's fun to see you muted, but but not during. A... You there? Yeah, am I muted? Oh, there you are. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that little technical difficulty. You know what I was going to say is, McCann is uh he's out there looking for that bag, and a lot of people don't think he's returning to the South Side, which I don't blame him whatsoever. Does this up his resume? Now when he's going to talk to these other teams? Why wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I agree. I've just I don't know. I just don't put that much stock in a gold glove, I guess. That's just Oh me. the gold glove. Yeah, I yeah. I thought you were talking about the, the last two seasons. Uh, no, 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 no. yeah, I was gonna say his 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 yeah. body of work over the last two seasons make him valuable alone. I mean right. the gold glove can shut it. I mean No, I get that, but now he can he just why he's like I'm coming off a gold glove season where I was a huge asset to this team. I don't know, Kevin. Do you think that? Um, see, I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't get confused because I can call you Kevin. Right. And I, I know I'm not talking to myself in the mirror. Um, although, I mean, we're both attractive dudes, so it's cool. But the uh, the idea. Do you feel like the shortened season because the, you know it was a sixty gamer and because of all this whatever insanity we want to call it? Um, do you feel like those types of honors um, and, and even poor seasons, poor performances too? Do you feel like in this off season with guys going after contracts or trade value? Do you feel like that it almost you almost reflect back on the season as as you know it's not and because it's not normal it it doesn't have that same you know resounding effect on negotiation yeah. you got a gold glove in a sixty game well, season is not the same that's a third of a season so do you feel like that that is going to affect how they negotiate? I mean, we're coming off most interesting off seasons ever, right? And now going into one, where I think you're going to have every player side saying, hey, yeah, 60 games, man. We That was hard. We did, had to do it while we were wearing masks and social distancing. And it, this was, you know, this was easily worth this over 162-game season. Then you have the club side saying, look, you guys were terrible. And, uh, you know, that season did count too. So it's like, what, where is the middle? And then you've got clubs are going to be crying poor. Maybe some clubs are actually poor. Yes. Um, I doubt it's, it. It's really going to be interesting. I, you know, with a team like the Sox, who's you know one or two pieces away, yeah, they could get out and 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 get out the checkbook and, and write whatever they want. How much do they actually have to write? Like that, there might be bargains out there to be had. It's it's pretty kind of an interesting situation, I guess. No, I agree. Is it going to create a one like a like a one year kind of thing a lot around the league? Are, are guys going to be signing one year deals to prove that it's not just a a pandemic's kind of shortened season. And is that going to be kind of like the, the reality that those free agents are facing? Yeah. I mean, I think they have to, and, and with, you know, teams don't know what the revenue situations are going to look like. You know, how, how much can they actually guarantee? We just saw that the Cubs laid off a hundred people, which absolutely totally sucks. Or um, how are they actually going to come out here and start, start signing for an extension? Like this doesn't, you know, I don't think it's going to happen with the Cubs. So, I don't know, man. 2020 it's, sucks. It's so, kind of it, funny too, when you look at it too. Oh, sorry. So I keep. <laughs> yeah. I just want because Kevin, I know, but before you, we let you go here mm -hmm. right now, it's the, it's the time of the year where everyone has their own off season plan. What's your off season plan? What's this? What do you want? Is there a guy outside of, you know, the Trevor Bauer? Cause I'm not letting you give that easy of an answer. Is there a guy <laughs> out there that, you think it's a must target for the the White Sox this offseason? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the one name other than Bauer that people are giving out is, is Marcus Stroman. I think he, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think he would fit, um, you know, not not only talent-wise, but also just kind of demeanor-wise. I think he'd just be really kind of that, that professional that kind of comes in and gets things done. They don't need a first guy. You know, they don't need a number one. They don't need a number two. They need a guy who's definitely going to be a number three, and I think Stroman can do that and really anchor that. So yeah, Bauer would be great, and he's a good toy. But it's like, what? Right. What is it? Like, what does he do to that clubhouse? You don't know. And I think that you know, I think that would go for either side of town if the Cubs or Sox were interested in adding him. Um, I'm not a huge Trevor Bauer guy. Like, I don't get him. I don't whatever. So if you could give me Marcus Stroman and tell me he's going to be a solid number three, and you're not going to have to worry about that turn in the rotation and have to go to bullpen day on uh, an elimination day. Then yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I totally agree, and I, I just I really like how Strowman's a ground ball pitcher. It works yeah. better on the south side, and sure. he, he's tweeting out videos of him doing hot Pilates in a like garbage bag suit. I'm all for it. Guys Instead talking of about the drones, yeah, 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 exactly. Is there a right fielder, or I should say, I don't want to curve your judges. Is there an outfielder that you would want? Because obviously, right field is a need. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the, like the, the Nomar thing didn't really kind of work out all that well. Um, I haven't dug deep in. I'm like totally like, you put me on the spot with this one, so I'm going to beg off on this question. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, the, the the big names that people are seeing, uh, Jackie Bradley's becoming more and more popular. Yeah, Michael, I've seen that one. Michael Brantley's becoming more and more popular, which for some weird reason, people just got to get past watching guys just in the playoffs. Michael Brantley did not have a good year. Um so basically, every guy I ever picked up for a fantasy team, and like hoped that he did something, and then I like I just kept on poking him with a stick all season long, and he never did anything. Like those guys, right? Brantley yeah. did have a good year for me once, but yeah, no, and he he is a damn good baseball player. He's, I mean, yeah. he's one of those guys where you watch him, and you're like, he's just a damn good player. My guy's Jock Peterson, mm-hmm. and anyone that I'm- watches this has to drink now. That's like the rule. I say his name too much, so everyone. Yeah. Has to, but yeah. He'd be interesting. He's a, he's kind of a weird character too. I think in the clubhouse, uh, I'm not a huge fan of his of the average or whatever. I, I feel like the average is off, often a way a little too low for my taste. Um, I, you know, I, I like a good pl- 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 platoon position. I wish Mazzara would have worked out because he's the guy. Like you, you, you talk about you've been watching a lot of Moneyball. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's selling jeans, right? Yes. <laughs> he's the best baseball player of all time when you look at him, but yep. he's just not there all the time. So He's got a good-looking girlfriend. What's that mean? <laughs> he's got confidence. Um, but, yeah, so, Kevin, before you go, one more time, let everybody know yeah. where they can find the Midway Minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just tap at Midway Minute, uh, win, W-I-N. It's free to sign up. And uh, every morning in your inbox, I, I do a little opinion and – you know, I try to write Red Sox. I try to write Cubs. Obviously, a lot of Bears now, Blackhawks uh, and Bulls. So uh, it's a lot of fun. I started up in February, and people who sign up for it generally seem to like it. So uh, check it out at midwayminute.win. Yes, I can attest. It's definitely nice in the inbox every morning when you're going through your stuff. Uh, you can follow it at Twitter at Midway Minute, and you can follow Kevin at Kevin, K-A-D-U-K. Kevin, Correct. thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate Thanks, it. Uh, Fid, you got anything for him? And don't play a, a video. No, no, no. I was actually, I was just kind of scrolling through a little bit just because it's, it's, you know, again, having you on here, uh, he's a great follow on Twitter too, guys. Uh, I can tell you right now, obviously the Bill Lambeer, um, 
because of the original thing today because you and I are in the same boat and I actually met Bill Embryo last year because he's the Las Vegas Aces. Um, okay, yeah, that's right, yeah. Coaching, like I legitimately was in this 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 really nice dinner and he's like six feet away from me and I literally am like, God dang it, 1993 <laughs> wants to run over there and punch him in the throat and run away. Um, but sure. uh, but no, it gets a, you're a good follow on there too. Um, so yeah, guys, if you're looking for some good sports because you got some pretty good uh, sports humor in there too. Um, cool. Throw it in I there. Appreciate it, guys. Anytime right. you want me on, I'm here. No, we appreciate it. We're going to take you up on that, Kevin. Thank you very much. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kev. Bye, Doc. All right. So for everybody that's been commenting, that was – and we weren't bullshitting. Everybody, go follow Kevin. Go follow Midway Minute. I can't believe I messed up Midway. Go follow Midway Minute. Make sure you sign up for his newsletter. It is actually – dude is hilarious, man. Mm-hmm. He did the whole – he's the one that made the meme of Ricky Renteria's baseball reference picture, and it's the girl from that meme going – Yep. Yeah, the, the, the scoring girl. All right, so, Fizz, what do you want to do? Let's get into comments, huh? Let's get, let's get, get some questions yeah. in here because, you know. Yeah, get some questions in here. We're going to answer the questions that we already have. Let's start at the top. Um, it's all about technology. is taking over the game of the baseball. This is the way. This is the way. That's what that is. It's supposed to yeah. be technology, guys. If it's you have a problem technology. with technology, Israel, though, I mean, the, the uh, game is, is timeless. My man. Well, Kevin, we're going rapid fire, Fids. Oh, we're just going rapid fire. Smoke screen. Yeah. It's a smoke show. It's a smoke show. Yeah, well, that's who's the smoke show, huh? Oh, Jack, there's the makeup counter. I got to get that in there for you. Yeah, yep. Um, Israel, again, White Sox are the new face of the American League. So. They have youngsters who take them over the team. I agree. Agree with you, Israel. Yep, yep. Um, I don't know. Joey Cora should be considered. You know what? Shut I, up, though, Yumper. Just kidding. <laughs> God damn it, Yumper. Uh, no, I agree. Um Joey was there for with Ozzy the whole step of the way. Joey, you associate him with the White Sox. I think it's his time, but no managerial experience, and they said they want someone with experience, and I don't think Joey's taking a bench coach job. I think someone will give him a shot. Well, see, what if it's Joey Cora behind Tony La Russa for a year? He might do that. Does it give him a year to establish himself as a not-cheater? As much as that stigma will follow, eventually he could earn that. Hey, I paid my dues. I came back. I yeah, served. As long as there's guarantees in place, I'm sure he, he might be able to do that. Um, Victor, I think AJ Hinch would be a good manager for the White Sox, and that's coming from a Cubs fan. We appreciate you, Victor. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty popular opinion right now. I still don't know how I feel about it. I got to, like, do some drinking uh you know, for, great, way, great way to that's what really how you choose a managerial position yes it's, i mean they should definitely just call me in with a bottle right. of bourbon and let's do this hired joey and alex comes with god damn it yumper <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> but what about the third brother peyton oh sorry wrong family wrong, wrong family wrong family uh what's up lombardo hello, hello aj, AJ. <laughs> Cabbage is delicious, Jack. I love how weird you are. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, Ooh, seems like they have someone in mind because reading yesterday, they want Let's team see. involved on the moves. I'm guessing you're referring to the White Sox, Lombardo. Uh, I personally think they have their manager picked, and I don't think it's Tony La Russa. I like what Fid said about you interview him and set the bar. I think they already have the guy in mind. Duck kind of shit on my dreams of Bo Chase because of the COVID stuff, but it makes so much goddamn sense. Hmm. Um, now we're talking 
Bears 2020, I will fight you. He's talking about Mitch Luke Trubisky, right? He's no, he's talking about Mendick oh. and uh, oh, Mendick. Yeah. Uh, please don't say Daryl Boston is the signing coach. I, I will not. Mendick did play 22 games. Screw Yadi Molina. We talked about that. Gold Glove paragraph 4.6, section three of the Gold Glove incentive. Is there a real? Is that real? I don't even. I don't. I mean, no. I, that's one I was fake. So this, Richie asked this question a couple times. Has Larusa ever run a successful team without roids? Has any major league manager in the last 35 years run a successful team without steroids? And if you think that everybody's clean, you're insane. Yeah, I, I, that's a pretty much a catch-all there. I mean, even my guy Boucher had uh, dudes on the Giants that were roiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you even talk about Cora or Hinch, you're talking about stealing the trash cans and everything. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question because I don't know who pissed what, but I don't think a lot of managers can say that. I'll just put it that way. Okay. Um, would you bring Lurie Garcia back at $3.5 million? Facts, yes. That's a big yes. That's a discount. I would say that's a, or a value at least. <laughs> Jesus, I'm looking at all the the things you've uploaded. Jesus, God. Oh, I've got some. Yeah, I got, I got, a, little, um, I got a little crafty. How about John Lester as a back end starter? I think he costs too much. I think more realistically, you're looking at Jose Quintana. It's probably a, yeah. If you're gonna yeah. take it, if you're gonna take an old pitcher from the Cubs, it's gonna be probably Jose Quintana. I think Lester costs too much. But I think uh, I don't. I don't even know. No, I think it actually reverse. I think Quintana might actually cost more than Lester at this point. Lester's at that age where he's gonna take that that carry wood discount. Um, I think personally that that carry another ring. Uh, you know, I think he wants. I don't think he wants to go somewhere else. So I think it's either retired, return to the Cubs, and I think it's someone at, in, in, where he's at in his career and his, as a man. John Lester is just—he doesn't have anything else to prove. So like no, for him, no, coming back for pure joy because he loves his brothers and misses his brothers would be one reason. I don't see him going anywhere else. So, so he's going to take a a value pay and just play because he loves it, or he's gonna he's gonna ride off into that sunset. What if this situation happens? What if Theo bounces? Because that's a possibility. Theo bounces, the White Sox, who are the new sexy team in town, go, yo, John, we'll throw you vet minimum to come be our fifth starter, and you could possibly get another ring. He can stay in Chicago, doesn't got to move, doesn't got to do anything, and he's joining a young contending team. I don't even know if I'd want that. that I don't even know if I want that. Nah, I, I think that I think it's a Cubs or bust. He's not he's not going out to start a new family. He's got his family, his friends. It's either I think it's either a Cubs or or bust. Really, there's really not. Even, I mean, he, you can't see him go back to Boston either. That that same no. Boston group's gone too. So, you know, John Lester. What John Lester knows is Chicago Cubs and Cubs baseball and that roster. And I think it's going to come down to what does he want to do? I mean, if he wants to do it, he'll probably sign as a fifth starter and he can accept that. But if he doesn't want to work. And if he doesn't want to compete in that kind of thing for a job or he doesn't want to be leaving himself out there, because Cup fans are a little bit shitty right now, I'll be honest. Cup fans are a little bit mean and mean-spirited. I don't think, you know, like he gives a shit anyway, but I don't think he wants to subject, you know, if he, is he going to go out there and, you know, play, you know, answer all the stupid questions from stupid media people that are asking dumb questions? Does he want to join the drama again? Is it worth it to go through that whole grind? Not, It's not baseball that gets in the way. It's really not. It's, it's dealing with all the other BS. John Lester is a no-nonsense guy. I just can't picture, you know, him, you know, coming back unless he was willing to deal with all the other circus show crap that a guy like him looks at going, fine, I'll do the interview. But right. really, he doesn't want to. Uh, Lombardo asks, any bets on tonight's shitty Thursday night game? 
We Eagles actually, minus five. Oh, you changed your tune because we talked about this before we jumped on the show, and we both were like, "No, we're off it." But you're going to take Eagles minus five. I have that, and then I think I'm going to go with uh, the under rushing rushing uh, wager. No, I was going to see. I'm, I'm looking at points bet. Uh, yep. Pointsbet.com. Points bet. Points bet. Make sure you <laughs> put in pinwheels. Special code pinwheels. Um, but uh, I think that uh, the first touchdown is going to be scored by Boston Scott at plus 600. I'm you actually, but there's only four choices. Oh, no, there's more choices. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, dude. Actually, you can bet literally anyone. You can bet their water boy does it. I don't want Golden Taint. Um, I don't Taint. want Daniel Jones. All right, why do they have Khalil Mack on here? That's weird. That's a really high odds, too. Okay. Um, cheaters. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, see, Richie, you're, kind of, you, you're feeling us, Richie. I know. Um, Yumper wants to know, oh. <laughs> do you think the Cubs look at the Kim for second base? No. And I know what you're lead, I know what you're talking about, Yumpy. That makes uh, one of us. <laughs> no, you know, some people get bored and they like to throw out as many possible trade things. Let's be honest here. The Cubs aren't spending any money. We can't even shake a, a, a mothball out of Tom, you know, Tom Ricketts' ass right now. It's not happening. He's 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 packing it up. He's he's taking his profits. He's shutting down on the marquee network. He's pulling marquee network off of Hulu now. Um the negotiations are ongoing. Like this this dude's he's gonna squeeze every single ounce of, of dollars out of this thing. And if you really think that the Cubs are going to go bid on, on somebody else and spend any money whatsoever, unfortunately uh, we know that that's not going to happen. Scrooge McRicketts um, has made his money. He's got his world series. He's got his projectable optical payday for the next 30 years if he wants. And he's probably the worst. He's going to make things much worse for the Cubs now, I think, but you know, to think of Kim at second base, I do think, you know, we talked, you know, me and Yumper actually talked about this. You know, Javi might be, if Javi wins the gold glove, that could be a deal sealer for a Javi trade. So possibly. Oh my God. I think we're putting too much stock in gold gloves. We've been talking about this all night. We're yeah. talking about optics, though. See, he was on the cover of it, you know, the video game. He tags cool. He had the shittiest offense, offensive performance of any baseball player in Major League Baseball this year. But he's Javi and there's a perception and it sells jerseys. He could hit 005 and because he tags cool, people are going to buy his jerseys and think he's the greatest thing ever. He's the most average rated, high-rated high player there is in baseball. And, and I think they could sell him. That's a selling piece. Wilson getting a gold glove shows that in a year's time, he went from a bad framer to a good framer. Those two guys, I think, when they get the gold glove, an optics thing could make them tradable if there was anybody that's tradable. But really, it's Javi's the player that could fleece a GM. That's exactly right. He's the guy that... They, they're, they're looking at jersey sales as much as they're looking at performance. And, and Javi will sell jerseys to any team he goes to. Um, so I think that that's a selling piece right now. I think, but are they going to make any moves? Probably not. No. It's going to be the most boring offseason ever. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. I think someone brought it up too. We're going to, I know you brought, you said it earlier, but I saw it uh, on the Twitter universe here. Someone talking about we're going to see a lot of one year deals. A lot of players, because it's just going to be like uh, wait and see, and like people are crying poor, as Duck brought up earlier. I feel like I can call him Duck. Is it weird if I call him Duck? I feel like we're buddies now. No, that's really formal. Uh, yeah. It's more more casual, actually. I just call him Duh. Like that's how that's how close him and I are. Um, I don't even have to finish Duck. Dude, he was a good dude. I'm glad he came on the show. Uh, we'll definitely have him on again. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> At midway minute, definitely go check that out. But yeah, I didn't take anything in this Thursday night game. Uh, 
So are we looking to for yeah. Daniel Descasco type signing? Yeah, that for both sides. I mean, the White Sox are going to make. I really think the White Sox get Marcus Stroman. I really do. I think I, good pickup. I think I that's really, a quality pickup. He fits in with this team. He fits in with what they need. He's a ground ball pitcher. I'm loving the videos he's posting right now because he's talking about playing baseball until he's 46. Like he's talking about getting in good shape. Uh, he's saying like how effort, whatever. Marcus Stroman has moved past Trevor Bauer as my top pitching want this offseason. I definitely want Marcus Stroman. I'm more nervous about what the White Sox do to address the right field position. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. I don't. And we are in the season now of everyone's putting together their off-season plans. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, Sox Machine does a fantastic job where it lets people type up their off-season plan. We did one last year. We're going to do another one this year. Um, so I give my guy shit a lot on the show. It's all in good fun. I think it's funny. Schwarber is not available to the Sox. Shut your mouth. Yeah, he is. No, Schwarber's available to everybody. No, he isn't. I just said he isn't. He's not. Theo uh, said all trades are on the table. All trades. So that means we can just read into it and just we could throw any name out there since all names are on the table. Can if we're the you know a bald, really pale Chicago sports personality that likes to make up shit. Sorry, <laughs> I'm good. sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but some are kind of brutal. I will agree with you, but that's what I mean. When when you let fans, you know, do whatever they want, you're gonna get some stuff that's crazy. But I think that's kind of the point of it. But I give this guy a lot of shit, and again, it's all good natured shit because I know he could take it, and I think he's one of the funniest guys to follow on Twitter. But Ken W.O. did an off-season plan. And if you don't follow him, follow him at Ken W.O., the number four life. Even if you're a Cubs fan, you're going to think it's awesome because my guy sticks to his guns. Ken W.O. did an off-season plan. The first thing he did was he said the White Sox are going to sign D.J. LeMahieu. That, No. That has like a bush lights chance on a 90 degree day in front of me. That's not, that's just, it's dead. That's not happening. Um, he tried to kind of make a counterpoint with me about how they spent money with Yasmani Grandal, even though they had McCann. They mm -hmm. knew, they knew McCann was leaving. They knew he was at the end of his deal. McCann is not a 22 year old second baseman that just almost hit 400 that they see as the second baseman for the future. If there was a player out there that they can replace Magical with, that I wouldn't be mad about, it'd be DJ LeMahieu. But let's just do The White Sox are not spending that Skrilla. But the other thing that Ken did, now this I really liked, was he had the White Sox trading for Anthony Santander from the Baltimore Orioles. Hand up, right out of the gate. I don't know, Kevin, about you, how educated you are on Anthony Santander, but I was not very educated on Anthony Santander. So I had to go to school on Anthony Santander. If the White Sox could trade for him, I will now be ecstatic. I am on the Anthony Santander bandwagon with Ken W.O. He's okay. a right fielder. He just got nominated for one of these goddamn gold gloves. Apparently everyone did. <laughs> but he mashes – 
from both sides of the plate too. White Sox need another lefty bat. He's young. He's got, a, I would say, a plus arm. I think he'd be a great addition to this team. I don't know, Kev. You know anything about this guy? Uh, not much, actually. Uh, that, I mean, that's this is you're, you're looking for piece puzzle pieces now at this point, which is a great problem to have for the White Sox. I mean, when you're trying to like now you're you've got a majority of the puzzle done, and now you're just filling in those little like tiny like smaller pieces. Yep. But not, not I'm not I'm not super familiar with him actually. To be honest, um, so he's 25 years old. He's from Venezuela. Um, let me get his stats up. His so in 2020 in the shortened season. He hit 11 home runs, 32 RBIs. Uh, he batted 261. I mean, I think with Baltimore. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, so he. I mean, he's not on a a big market team by any, you know, whatever stretch of the. But why won't it show me his? Oh, MLB.com, you're fucking up. <laughs> I want us to get his splits. Left side from right side. I got you here. I'll uh, I'll get you some splits. Um, career-wise, you want a career? Yes. Okay. So career-wise, um, you saying as a versus a lefty versus a righty, he's hitting two fifty-six on his career. Mm-hmm. Um, versus lefty, he's hitting two forty-one. But he's got a. Uh, I mean, his his on base percentage is below three hundred across right. the board. So. so they'd have to work on him taking some pitches. But he is a switch hitter that. Get you that lefty bat so you don't have to platoon with Engel, but Engel could still get his spot starts, especially for Eloy in left field. I don't know. Shout out Ken WO because I am a big fan of this 26-year-old kid. I think this would be a great – if they, and I don't think he would cost much. He's a platoon guy for sure because you don't want him hitting against lefties. I mean, this year he hit 167 against lefties, um, 219 on base percentage. He actually was decent at 285, 338 on base percentage, six – he had a 948 OPS against righties. So there's your right-handed uh, facing yeah. righties. But you don't want him – based on these stats I'm looking at, you don't want this guy swinging it against a lefty. That's for right. sure. I mean, that's where the whole angle platoon goes mm-hmm. in. You know? okay. I want Kevin Pillar. Jumper. You jerk. Jumper. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Jumper. Richie wants to know which life insurance company will Mitch be selling policies for next season. My guess, hand to God, I really think Mitch Tabriskie is on the New England Patriots next year. And goodbye, Mr. Putin. Because uh, Mitchell's coming back throwing darts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now we're stretching for our graphic. Now we're well, just having an excuse to throw Big Trouble Little China Clips. Yeah, that's but, a good point. But, yeah, I honestly think he ends up on the Patriots and Belichick makes him good. Yep, he'll end up on any team running a regular pro set because, you know, he don't have a coach trying to be you. Um, I'm still waiting for – I'm still, still waiting for the other half of Matt Nagy's playbook that we heard so much about that he had to pare back because Trubisky couldn't handle it. I'm waiting for that to still show. I don't know if it exists. Does it exist? It's weird. I think it's going to come out. Bears are actually good on Monday Night Football too. They were terrible when we were growing up, man. I know. That's why it's weird to me. It's like someone threw a head up there. They're like the second best team in the last 10 years on Monday Night Football. And they're dogs, too. What, they're five-and-a-half-point dogs? Yeah, which it was six-and-a-half earlier in the week. Remember, we all said to jump on that. Um, The Bears have been facing primetime Rams. They've been beating the Rams in primetime a couple times now. Yeah, I don't sweat. That'd be a money line on points bet. Sports. Mm -hmm. Just type in pinwheels. Yeah. That's a good one. We're going to use that. So... And you can put it on the ball. Yes. 
So. Yes, let's go. This show is the show. See, although this is what happens. You left just the keys of the house. And That's okay. <laughs> we just lost like the. I don't give a shit. I answered your question before you even finished it. I know. We nah. just lost like 50 viewers. We love you. But it's all right. Um, <laughs> we need that picture of him in the hot tub, though. Um, oh, from the 108 guys? Yeah. yeah. But, we, I mean, honestly, when you look at it, you know, the White Sox, it's a good problem to have. I think the Cubs are a little bit of a different, different you know, just to touch on the Cubs, whereas the White Sox are trying to put those final few pieces together. The right. Cubs are trying to now fit. You know, they've got a bunch of uh, people that are um, – you know, players that have got to actually like it's a makeshift, it's a it's a mix and match kind of thing now at the point at this point for the Cubs because they're on the downturn of that that whole window and 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 that's what makes like when when we're throwing out the ideas of getting excited about a player, I mean it's hard to get excited because we know that management's not going to throw the money out there. Whereas the White Sox have some money to play with, it's exciting. Yeah. It makes it an exciting postseason for some, uh, and it makes well, it a really well, painful. Kev, we got to answer Richie's question because this is important for the people left viewing every Thursday night. At 6 p.m. Central. Sometimes it's 6:15. Sometimes it's 6:30. But around 6 p.m. Central every Thursday night. Tell your friends, Richie. We really appreciate you tuning in and commenting. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's wind this up, Kev, with uh, the 2020 World Series thoughts. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's a uh, one-one. Mm -hmm. Two pretty good games. I mean. Game one kind of got away from Tampa Bay, but they came right back. Um, I don't. Do you have anything that you've taken away from this game, these World Series games so far? Well, I had Dodgers in five um, originally, and yesterday was one of those games. And, and, and you never want to like throw that kind of stigma onto a game, but really, the way the Dodgers play and as and 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 as as, as powerful, I think that they are um, as an offense too, because it just happens so fast for them, and it happened in game one. They broke that game open in in the uh, uh, in in a minute. You know, it seemed like like you turned your head for. I think somebody somebody went to the restroom. I was talking to somebody. They went to the restroom and they came back and they were. <laughs> I don't know, man. How how Dustin? Well, they were popping and locking Crespi. Uh, that's one of my boys. Uh, so anyway, you had this game where it blew and they blew it blew it open. And so when you get into game two, if the if the if the Dodgers are given a two zero lead in the series, there it's over. And so I thought that last night was one of those do or die, you know, moments in a series. If the Rays lost last night, it's over. And I thought they did a fantastic. They, they set the tone early, um, you know, getting a solo jack in the first inning from a guy that's been struggling a little bit. And they just, they really, every time the Dodgers kind of knocked, they kind of just separated and they, they got that. That's a big win. I think for them to kind of maybe settle down a little bit. Cause you fall 2 0 you start panicking, you start making decisions that you might not normally make because you don't want to, you know, you're trying to not overreact, but you're overreacting in the middle of, you know, underreacting. And so, it allows them just to go back and say, now it's a five-game series. And I think for a team that's an underdog, um, like the Rays, I perceive to be, you make it a five-game series, all of a sudden ups your chances of winning. So now if they get another win, it makes it a three-game series. And you can really break it down. Let's be honest, the Dodgers are the juggernaut. If they don't win the World Series, this is a, one of the biggest failures. Because yes. you know, they're superior to the Devil Rays almost in every aspect. And the Rays are just a small market team. You know, small market money, you know, small amount of money spent versus you know, the, the team that's spending more than anybody else in baseball. So it's kind of a, a haves versus the have nots. And, you know, you can't help but root for the have nots. I'd love it. Um, but they needed to win that game last night. And I thought they did a fantastic job. Snell came out and balled the fuck out. 
I was having MLB the show PTSD. Yeah, for like the, yeah, for the first couple, his slider was like un unhittable for the first couple innings, and that's what the Rays needed. That and like you said, get a couple early runs and have that confidence because you knew the Dodgers were going to do something. Mm-hmm. You knew they were going to do something, and they broke up the no hitter with the two run homer. Mm-hmm. But you know that they're not just going to lay down. That team is stacked one through nine with the second highest payroll, and they're not going to lay down. But if you could jump on them early, like the Rays did, that's going to be a problem. And I said it earlier in the show, and I'm going to say it again for emphasis. If Dave Roberts cannot win a World Series with this team, with that payroll, with that lineup, I do not want him managing the White Sox. I mean, I think that's pretty fair, dude. I, I but but I mean, how much of this is on? I mean, because when you, when one looks at like Game Seven of that of of the most recent series, the comeback against the Braves, everyone was crapping all over Dave Roberts for the early pitching change. Guess what? It worked. His 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 movement to the bullpen after what it was like the shortest outing, uh, one of the shortest outings for a starter in postseason history or whatever or NLCS history. He he made a couple moves that people were like, "What the heck?" And I remember reading it on social media. It was like, people mad. What is he an idiot? It worked perfectly. And they stretched it out and they won that game seven because of that. And I don't think, you know, you can't throw it on a guy when a starter starting pitcher doesn't show up and gives up a five spot in the first inning. Is that really Dave Roberts's fault? Right. You, you know, I mean, is it his fault for, you know, putting his number two where he would have penciled in his number two, regardless, these dudes got to execute, you know, a manager has some say in this stuff, but let's be honest, the players got to play. And, and in his, in his tenure, it's, it, you know, you can say that he got screwed because the Astros are a bunch of freaking cheaters. That's fine. But what about the Cubs? What about, you know, what about losing, you know, well, the Red Sox, I guess, may have been cheating too, but no. you get these guys. What about the Nats? Like, it's just your, your, it's in, in, in the end, it's the starting pitching that ends up kind of biting them in the ass, I think, because they get, they, they go out there and, and, and as much as Kershaw was dominant the other day, um, that's not the norm actually for him or for a player like him. So, He's, he's trying to maneuver through the minefield of starting pitcher, you know, brain farts. But at that point in a playoff series, if you have one or two starters that don't show up, you're effed anyway. And it has nothing to do with the manager except the fact that he started that pitcher that day. And I mean, are you going to not start, you know, Judd Bueller? Bueller. So, all right, everybody, we're over an hour. We're going to call it, although we miss you, bud. Um, yeah. Make sure you're downloading points bet using promo code pinwheels as indicated by our sweet graphic in the corner. I got multiple graphics. There you go. There you go. All these, there you all go. these different graphics. Yes. Um, this is the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. Be sure to come back next week. We got guests on guests, on guests, on guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. So, so many guests. So many guests. Just so many guests. So many guests. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that was well done. Um, I think Getting I'm – yeah, I'm going to keep going with being secretive about who our guest is until he comes on the show or she he's, comes on the show. He's bigger than a bread basket. He enjoys long walks in the park, fuzzy mm-hmm. toilet seats, and um, on the weekends he throws down a bearskin rug, some aquarium gravel, and loves to pop in Viking movies. There's your hint. Okay, besides Tony La Russa. <laughs> but- <laughs> Man, that ball got out of here. All right, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's Pinwheels and Ivy. We will be back next Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Time. Tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your aunt, 
Tell your uncle. Tell all of them. Tune in. All right, everybody. For KFids, I'm Zoe. We're out of here. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board. Season, make it all change. Season, make it all change. Make it all change. Make it all change.